is everybody this morning? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Love being in the presence of the Lord. Just love it. Just love it. I mean, I could like, I fashioned last semester, uh, a couple of semesters ago, the Lord had us uh, lead in a small group, and uh, that was the, really the, uh, the, the tone set uh, for the group was to uh, just, uh, just invite the presence of God in every aspect of our life, you know, letting God be your hub and not just, you know, a sprig here and a sprig there. So I uh, want to thank uh, Pastor Keith, Pastor Rick, and all uh, leadership uh, here at Liberty for giving me an opportunity to, uh, to just share something that the Lord has laid on our heart. And uh, as I was pondering uh, just in prayer and, uh, and just uh, asking really uh, the Holy Spirit on what, what's relevant, what, is, uh, what, w- what would stick? I remember asking what the Lord, what would stick uh, to our people that are going to be there Sunday? And he he began he began to te- to teach me and show me that Kyle, a lot of people don't understand the transition that I bring you from to the place that I set you in. They don't understand this time, this God time in the middle. And so, we're going to talk about exactly that today. And we've, uh, we've titled our message from Journey from Old to New. And our core scripture is going to come out of Colossians chapter 3, and I hope you brought your Bibles today, because that's going to be a lot of our emphasis of what we pull from today. Amen? The Word of God is still as powerful today as it was the day it was written. And we believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. I wouldn't be standing up here if I didn't because I would terrify the crowds. <laughs> y'all, y- y'all don't believe me, but when I, when I surrendered my call into the ministry uh, and the Lord said, you know, I want you to share my word with people. I want you to go and, and share what, what I've done for you to people and empower them to do the same. And, and I'm like, okay. Under one condition, you gotta break. You gotta make all those people disappear when I do this. God loves people. There's one problem with that: is God loves people. He doesn't have to use people, but He chooses to use people. Okay, because He just has a heart for people. So I've grown out of that naive mindset and learned to embrace people as my own brothers and sisters and love them accordingly. Okay, so. We're going to look at our first scripture, and that's in Colossians chapter 3. And like I said, we're going to read a lot of scripture today, so just bear with us, okay? And in verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you, everybody say this with me, died. So, for you died, and your life, say life, life is hidden with who? With Christ in God. All right. Next slide. So, when Christ, who is our life, appears, who is Christ? Our life. So, when he appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Everybody say glory. Glory. In glory with who? Him. 
Him being Christ. Amen. So therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, being fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Those are two pretty bad things there. God's wrath upon disobedience. But it personifies who's, who's being disobedient here, the sons of disobedience. The people that seek to, the sons of disobedience will be the sons opposite of the sons of God. The sons of disobedience are the ones who seek after the worldly things. Jesus taught and Luke said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So all these things that we chase to and fro that Stephen touched on during worship, all these things that, that just draw us back to, you know, where we were. God seeks in this place, in this place from old to new, in this place right here that we're in, he seeks to sever that lifeline that you have with that thing. He says to set you free so that you are weightless and you seemingly just float into where he wants you to be because only his power can deliver, not our own free will. Amen? So, so the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Thank you for freedom. Amen? Thank you for deliverance from my old self. But now you yourselves are to put off all these by our own self? No. God said through the prophet Zechariah that not by might, not by power, but by my spirit will I do this. Amen. So the, the spirit of God envelops us in his freedom and just catapults us far beyond, you know, where, we're so, where, where we were intended to be to begin with. But now you yourselves are to put up all these, all these, which are anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where this, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So it's all about Jesus, amen? Amen, so, so when, we're, when we're on this journey, when we start in old and we start this journey to new, Okay, when he severs this, he severs everything. He severs bloodlines. He severs uh, family ties. He, he severs dispute. He, se he, he severs struggle. He severs pain. He severs heartache. He, and he sets you free in this place called new, and you become a new creation in him. See, a relationship with God is not a relationship based on your own merit, but it's a relationship that he purchased with a death on a through a death on a cross and a resurrected again life for you to be in him. Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote, he has seated me with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Amen? So our nature in this journey from old to new begins to change and to put on God's nature.
created in Christ, which means we're in him. When we're born again, we're spiritually born into who Christ is. Because Christ being not dead in resurrection is still alive today. Amen? So we look at this. Verse 12 says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. So with this newfound freedom, we've got to always replace it. It's not enough just to say, hey, I'm free, and just stay free. No, we've got to replace it with something. We've got to put something of God back where, in that space, where something of the world used to be. Okay, so what does he say? He says, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. You know, I was driving down the road one day, and I heard a word that nearly knocked me off the highway. He said, and it was around Thanksgiving last year, he said, thankfulness takes away the sting of adversity. So if you're traveling down, this, if you're in this middle ground and it's getting hard, be thankful. Yeah. The Apostle Paul had enough joy to say, be thankful in all that you do. Yeah. Be thankful for where you are. Be thankful for where I brought you from. Be thankful for where you are. And be thankful for where I'm taking you to. Because joy is the, the actual substance that births that in you that brings about God's will in your life. It's joy. So thankfulness is the first stone of joy. So be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Later on in Colossians, the Apostle Paul says, do not let your work be done unto men, but unto God. Done unto God and not men. I fear today, somebody shoot me down if I'm wrong that we live in a concept-ridden society that we have to nullify or haze truth in order to baby-feed somebody in the God's kingdom. Did Christ baby-feed anybody when he went to the cross? How about before breakfast when he paid 40 lashes for our healing? Or how about when they laid him in the grave, when he went on that journey and uh, overthrew, overthrew hell itself and then came back out of that grave the third morning? Tapped Mary, tapped Mary on the shoulder. Mary didn't recognize him, and then he said her name. And then she knew who he was. I 
love you enough to tell, to tell you the truth. And God loves you enough for you to hear the truth. Jesus said to Pilate when he was questioned by him, what is truth? Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Jesus said, he who hears tr truth hears my voice. Later on, in past in John, uh, my sheep know my voice, and they follow me wherever I, wherever I say go. So <laughs> we're not we're going to stay uh, in this thing. We're in it to win it, Amen. So let's go. Let's let's go on this journey. Let's continue this journey, Zachary. Next slide. Uh, it should be in um, in Psalms, sir. Psalms 119, uh, Let's do that thought first. Is that third thought right before that slide? So our progress is determined to be our, our priority of God's promise. The first step to acknowledging the transition from something old to new is realizing where your identity is. Your identity is found in Christ. Okay, so where... where Okay, where is Christ? And John, Jesus said he's one in, one in the Father. Philip said, or Nathaniel, Philip or Nathaniel said, well, just show us the Father and then we'll believe. He said, he who has seen my face has seen the Father. So Jesus' face was the express image of the heavenly Father sitting on the throne at that time. So for you, oh, hop back, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So our foundation is in the Father. See, so the foundation of the Father produced the fullness, full expression of the Son, which is found in the fruitfulness of the Holy Spirit. So that's how it all flows together. Okay, next slide. When we engage our reflection, when we engage our reflection in the mirror, this goes back to James when it talks about when a man takes a look in the mirror and immediately turns away and immediately forgets what he's seen, that it profits nothing for a man. So when we engage our reflection, he envelops us in his royalty. When we become willing to address those things that need to be severed, he envelops us as his own. Sonship is born in this. What, what was the previous verse? Abba, Father. Abba, Father is the spirit of, it's just the spirit of adoption. Did you know in Greek culture, when you were adopted by someone, that it was stronger than even of a birthright? So that's what God has done for us. He's adopted us so collectively, so perfectly, drawn us near so closely that nothing can sever that. Nothing can sever that. If you're brought, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, nothing can pluck you out of his hand. Nothing. Nothing. And the revelation upon this word, upon who Jesus is, Jesus said, upon this, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It wasn't talking about Peter. It was talking about the rock of revelation that Peter would stand on one day. See that mountaintop that Peter stood on and proclaimed? That beautiful message that brought the harvest of 3,000 souls was not because Peter was a, a, an apostle. 
to the nation was not because of Peter doing something great. It's not because of Peter's bravery or even intent to do good. It was because of the, he believed Jesus Christ was who he was, and, it, and Peter's foundation of life was founded in him. <laughs> my mentor, Skip that one of my mentors, Skip Heitzik, says, <laughs> the harvest of souls wasn't, or the revelation, the rock, is not Peter Pebbles, but it's Mount Messiah. Amen? That's good. Okay. So he develops in us in his royalty. He brings us this into his royal family. Amen. Thank you. You have done many good things for me, Lord. And this is Psalm 119. This is the longest book in the Bible. I'm not going to read much of it. Or longest chapter, excuse me. Uh, but this is just a cry of the heart of a king. This is a Psalm of David. So you, you have done many good things for me, Lord. Just as you promised. I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. You are good and do only good. You are good and only good. So you can write off every evil thing God, the world's saying about God right now because it's not of God. Okay. So you are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. Arrogant people smear me with lies, but in truth I obey your commandments with all my heart. Boy, what a heartbeat. Their hearts are dull and stupid, but I delight in your instructions. And he's supposed to address this middle ground right here. Whenever we fall away, like Stephen was saying, my suffering was good for me. For it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. You made me. You created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. May all who fear you mind, find, me in a, find me a cause for joy. For I have put my hope in your word. He's put his hope where? And the Word of God. The Word of God that David had was the first five books of Moses. Okay, so in Psalms it explains that a righteous man meditates on the law of God day and night. It says 74, right? No, 75. Now I know, Lord that your regulations are fair, you disciplined me because I needed it. Okay, so when you're in this middle ground and all of a sudden you've, something small happens and you don't, you don't pray one day. And then just another thing kind of falls, starts falling apart and you get anxious and then you start doubting and then the, the hand just keeps getting heavier and heavier. Well, you know, that's God's discipline trying to push you back on the, in his way. So he, in, his, in his word throughout the Old Testament, he says for us not to turn to the left nor to the right, but to stay in the way that he has for us. 
So that's the hand of heaviness that you feel is God's graceful hand, merciful hand, loving hand, fatherly hand, pushing, bringing us, welcoming us, inviting us back in. See, if you're not careful, you'll listen to the voice of condemnation that says, you're not good enough for him. You're not good enough for him. But please understand that conviction always invites us to do what is right in the sight of God and empowers us with a spirit that lives inside of us to do so. Next one. Is this the next one? Okay. Let me be united with all who fear you, with those who know your laws. That's what we're doing here today. You've assembled yourself here today. I hope, I hope, because you know you had faith that God would send a man that loves you enough to tell you what he knows to be true. May I be blameless in keeping your decrees. Then I will never be ashamed. It's the authentic, authenticating pressure cooker <laughs> of the Almighty, if you will, the, dis the discipline that God brings us through. See, the decision ground with me is a fork in the road. There's, there's not many. It's either right or wrong. And the more you grow in maturity, the more, the more we will, the more we grow, the more we will grow to that concept that there is no gray area here. We live in a world full of gray, full of haze and smoke and smoke and mirrors. Next point, he taught, uh, I'm sorry, pop back one. Next point he made to me or taught me, he said authentic repentance always reaches relief and reassurance. And here's the scripture. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those who record, whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. See, when I was, when I was, in, my, when I was in my sin and doing what Kyle wanted to do, I couldn't fathom telling the truth because nobody would like the me who I really was. Psalms 32 says, I'm set free from all that now. So I can, t I can tell you the before and after story, and I'm still justified because of Christ Jesus who loved me. So when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Man, prideful heart. <laughs> been there too. Been here too. Uh, I've been born again and been here. I've been midweek on the job site, and my voice raise, and the Holy Spirit say, "Ooh, 
put a check put a check in me and say uh, you can do what Apostle Paul, Paul said I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength so day and night your hand of discipline was heavy on me and my strength evaporated like the water in the summer heat Selah that's what interlude, interlude means. So what originally said was Selah. And Selah literally means to stop and think about that. Let that sink in. Meditate on that for however long I, until I say so. Then what does he say? He continues the thought. Selahs were David's, therefores, that the Apostle Paul uses. So finally, finally, how many say Finally. Finally, after this lengthy, 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 this thing that's going on and on and on and on and on, and I'm just laid down and walled in it and walled in it and walled in it and saying, God, help me. You know, God will avail a genuine and authentic help me. He'll avail that. He'll avail a real help me before he will accept an artificial hallelujah. So finally, I confess my sins to you and stop trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. Who forgave him? The Lord did. Jesus taught, you got to forgive to be forgiven. So David had to forgive himself. And once he forgave himself, God restored him. All my guilt is gone, Selah. All my guilt is gone. He completely separated it. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. This is David confessing to God who he is, to his Abba Father who he is. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble, and you surround me with songs of victory. So when, you're, when you stay in this, in this place that God has for you and don't deviate to the right nor to the left, it's, it's a place where God acts for you. It's where the power of God surrounds you. There's a great song that I love. That it just describes your love as like a storm. And God's place for you is that eye, the eye of that storm. It's peace. See, what Lord Peter out on the water that night on the tempest was not his great faith. It's because he looked and seen where Jesus was walking. And where Jesus was walking, it was calm. See, peace, peace is the power that overthrows all calamity. Peace is that power. Peace is not just the absence of fear, the absence of things that are wrought against us, but it's the power that overthrows it. Amen? Okay. One more time, Zachary. You're doing a great job. Okay, that's it. Awesome. Awesome. So you surround me with songs of victory. 
Awesome. Journey from wee little me over here. Well, I'm just not going to tell the truth because I don't think anybody really wants to hear it. To over here was it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives within me. Because I am in Christ. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Once was blind, but now I see. See, once we have a clear line of sight of who Jesus really is, we can accept his, his, his forgiveness, his love, his compassion, all the attributes that he ever shown, we can, we can step into and claim as our own. But we've, we've got to accept it. We've, 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 got to, we've got to reach that point to where all of, all of us breaks until we become nothing. Like, I mean, Stephen just hit it, I mean, just spirit. He spearheaded it through you earlier, brother. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. Now, there's a lot, a lot of lost here today, but there's also a lot of thirsty people. Some of you don't know are like me and, and didn't know your way uh, from a hole in the ground. But, but some of you are just seeking to be whole. Let me tell you, God is a God of repentance, reconciliation, and restoration. It's the same three-step process that he used with the Apostle Peter when he, when he restored him. And I want to say to each of you today that love has to be the centerpiece of all that we do. Otherwise, we miss it. The love chapter out of the first Corinthians, or first Corinthians 13, when, it goes, when Apostle Paul discusses love and all the things that it does and does not do. But if I do all these and have not love, it profits me nothing. See, false faith all day long can bring a person to die. But there's only one authentic faith that takes you through the death of life and brings you to a point of victory that you begin to live for something greater than yourself. And that's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. loves every one of us. We're all his favorite one. I'm going to do things a little different just because I feel the, just the Holy Spirit leading us to do things a little different. I'm going to ask every head about and every eye closed for just a moment. And this is a serious, serious, humble moment. This is just between you, the Father, and me as a witness. I wonder if any of you here today would say, you know, that crazy guy on that stage, he, he's in touch with somebody who really knows a lot about me. didn't know who you were, but God is here, and he's calling.
Bible said that no one can come to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draw him. Jesus said in the Gospel of John that I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And some of you, a few of you are, are feeling that drawing today to come to him. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a long time, regardless of your situation, your your confrontation that you had this morning on the way to church, uh, he, he's beckoning you to come. So I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you, if that's you, if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you walked out these doors today and you just so just so happened to meet God in judgment, you don't know what his decision would be. I want you to raise your hand up say, Kyle, pray for me. Kyle, pray for me. I don't know, I don't know where I would go, but I want to make sure. Keep your hands up. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. All right, you put your hands down. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your sincerity of heart. I wonder if those that are here would be obedient and say, you know, God, I've, I've strayed away from you. I know your law. I know your precepts. But I got caught up in the in the ramajama of, uh, of of society and of life and this fast-moving uh, pace world that we got have to be a lot in. And, and I got caught up in it, and, and I fell. And I need I need you to restore me. Pray for me. Would that be you? Just be honest. Just to slip up a hand anywhere in the building, anywhere. All right, God sees those hands. God bless you in the back. God bless you in the middle to my right, up front. Father, it's in the name of Jesus. God, we declare all things done. God, I thank you that you've spoke to hearts. God, that you've revealed yourself for who you are, which is faithful and true, which is the beginning and the end. Thank you for the lordship, God, that you reign over us with. And God, the, God, upon our repentance, you, you birth reconciliation in our hearts. And rec reconciliation always matures into restoration. God, I thank you for saved, saved lives. Saved literally, snatched literally out of, the pit, out of the pit of hell today. God, and I thank you for the ones that are going to come forth to get God, just a, a healing touch from you to come back to you and say, Lord, I give you my all. Strengthen those in this time of invitation. It is our prayer. In Jesus' name, do this. Amen.